the Holy Spirit. And of course, last week, we kind of introduced this idea of the baptism of the Spirit. Now this week, we're going to kind of go deeper into that, that idea. And last week was supposed to be the one time on this. But I realized it's so big and so vast, and there's so much here, that I just can't just take one time. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. If you would, today, open your Bibles to, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14. Of course, this is not at all controversial, right? You know, not, nothing whatsoever. You're like, no, this is, no. This is a huge controversial thing, isn't it? If you Google the word Holy Spirit and tongues, you will discover that this is a massively controversial subject. Now you might say, well, why talk about it then? If it's so controversial, why, why talk about it? Well, that's a great question. The reason is, is because it's in the Bible, right? And, and it's, it's there. You might be on one side of the fence or the other side of the fence with this. You might believe in it. You might not believe in it. But it is in the Scriptures, even the fact where Jesus talked about it in Mark 16, 17, it says, And these signs will follow these who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. So if Jesus talked about it, we probably should too, right? And so we're going to talk about this. Now, if you would today turn with me, I'll leave your finger in, in 1 Corinthians, but turn quickly over to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, Then Peter said to them, Repent. That means turn, and let every one of you get baptized in this name of, the, of Jesus for the re remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift, everyone say gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now note the progression there. Repent, be baptized, then receive the gift of the Spirit. And we're going to kind of begin this whole conversation today around the idea that we sometimes look at the gift of the Spirit as being one specific thing when the gift is the Spirit, right? Let me put it this way. Imagine that because Pastor Joe has been here, what, five, 10 years, eight years? How long have you been here for? 10, 10 and a half years. Wow. You need a gold watch or something. I, I, no, no, 10 years, 10 years, and then Pastor Tyler's been here, uh, uh, what, two, two, two years now? Okay. Let's just say that because of their years of service to this church, we decided as a body that we're going to give them a blessing. So we're going to give these guys a brand new car, right? That's like, that'd be pretty awesome, right? And so they're both saying, Dad, be, I'd be all right. Their wives are more than anything saying they'd be great, but whatever. And so let's just say it's going to happen. And so we're, we're telling them that. We, we announce that to them. They're going to be excited about that. They're going to be dreaming about all the cool places they're going to go. Uh, unless, of course, it's a Chevy truck. Then they'll be going to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the junkyard, but whatever. No, uh, um, you know, all these cool things that they could do with their new vehicle. And so they're dreaming and they're planning and they're thinking. And then all of a sudden, we're not just going to throw them the keys, you know, and be like, oh, here you go. We're going to do this right, right? So we're going to have a big celebration, and we're going to do this thing upright. So let's imagine that we're going to have that night. We're going to have a, a dinner. We're going to have a celebration. And then, of course, Rick Vaughn, uh, and this is a dream, so we are having a stage at that point that can handle this. But Rick Vaughn drives the new car right onto the stage. And the guys are like, wow, this is so cool. But there's, there's one car, and they're like, well, whatever. And so there's, there's one car. Rick Vaughn gets out of the car and, and, and takes his tools and takes off the tires and it takes off the steering wheel. And Rick gives the tires to Tyler and the steering wheel to Joe and says, there you go. And then Joe, of course, because he's been here longer, uh, would say, well, hey, I thought you were going to give, give me a new car. And Rick would say, well, we did give you a new car. 
But you only, you only need a steering wheel, and Tyler only needs the tires. And so you're going to work together, and that's going to be your thing, right? See, we sometimes see the gift of the Spirit as one little piece and one little part when the Word tells us that the Spirit is the gift, right? And that the Holy Spirit gives out the gifts as needed within the body of Christ. That's pretty cool. He gives out those things, and that's pretty wonderful. And one of those gifts is the gift of tongues. That's what we're talking about right now. Now, of, of course, again, Paul talks about this a lot in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Last week, we talked about mostly from Acts. We looked at last week about where this happened in the book of Acts. And now we fast forward a few, uh, a little bit. We find ourselves in 1 Corinthians. And what Paul's doing here in 1 Corinthians is Paul is addressing a church gone crazy. Okay, there's all kinds of stuff going on in this church. It's, it's chaos. People are speaking in tongues. They're swinging. They're doing this. They're doing that. I mean, it's, it's kind of a crazy scenario. And you, you say, well, how do you know? Well, look at the first few verses of chapter 12. He's addressing this in the church. People are speaking in tongues out of turn. They're standing up. There was women that were yelling over to men. And, and men, you're yelling to women because they sat on opposite sides of the church. Can you imagine that? You came to church, and your wife sat over here, your, the husband sat over here. Some of you are like, well, that'd be pretty nice. I, I like that. But that's how it works. And so what would oftentimes happen would be that the women who, were not, who were, didn't go to school would yell over the husbands, what does that mean? And so it was just kind of chaos, and things were going nuts. So Paul works to address that in these three chapters. And so as he does this, and you've got to remember today, his goal is not to lay this out you know, by point by point, his goal is to address that problem in the church. But what Paul does inadvertently is Paul, under the, under the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul gives us some of the greatest teaching on the, on the gifts of the Spirit that we have. In terms of speaking in tongues, what you may not understand or realize is that there's actually different kinds of tongues that Paul lays out here. There's two functions. There's public ministry, and there is private ministry. Now, if you don't understand this, and this is, again, I, I've had several questions of people throughout the last few weeks that deal with this whole topic, and so I know that this is a big thing to a lot of people. If you don't understand this, you will find that this, these three chapters of 1 Corinthians are very confusing. Because Paul jumps around, Paul goes here, he goes there, he's up here, he's down there. And so you have to understand that there are different kinds of tongues. And again, Paul's intention is not to lay this all out. Paul's intention is to help us to understand that there should be order in the church, the order in the body of Christ. Back to tongues. Paul, Paul, Paul was a person who believed in tongues. How do I know? Well, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Well, there you go, okay? That's, that's Paul speaking right there. And so Paul is, was a person who walked and did this. So the person who wrote much of the New Testament is a person who spoke in tongues. And, and so as he continues here, but nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. And what Paul does there is Paul begins to help us to understand the separation between what these two things are. So the first function is public ministry. This is tongues as a spiritual gift. 
This is specifically for public ministry. And this is one of the nine spiritual gifts that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And not everyone who speaks in tongues has this spiritual gift. Okay? And you're like, some of you might be like, really? I I don't, well, listen to where we go here because I think by the end you're going to understand I'm talking about this morning. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 says there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. Skip down to verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another one faith by the same Spirit, to another one gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another one the working of miracles, to another prophecy, another one discerning of spirits, another different kinds of tongues. Now, again, he says the word there, different kind of tongues. Interesting. And to another one, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. So I want to break down the two kinds of tongues for public ministry. The first one is tongues as a sign for unbelievers. Now, again, remember, I'm teaching here today, so it's like, this is different. That's what I'm doing here. So tongues is a sign for unbelievers. When I was, uh, you might have heard this before at some point. Maybe you've heard at some point of somebody who has done this. This has happened in my life where I've seen this firsthand. There was a lady in my church in, in Michigan where I youth pastored at who I didn't know this, but she had not always, she'd not been there much longer than I was there. And so one day in, in a prayer meeting, we were talking about this stuff, and she had, she had mentioned kind of how her process was of coming to our church. So she said she was actually from Africa. She was a, a doctor or something in the medical field. She was very, very well educated, brilliant person. She was an awesome lady. And so she had her first time in our church, she was in the back of the church, and she overheard someone praying in tongues, or so they thought, praying in tongues quietly. So they're just back there, just doing their, doing their thing, and, and she overheard this person pray in tongues, and she, she, she was startled because what she heard this white guy doing was speaking in her African native language with perfect dialect. And she was like, she was shocked. She was like, how did this happen? And so she did not know what's going on. So she taps the guy on the shoulder and he says, well, she says, well, how did you learn? And I don't remember the language was, I don't remember what it was, but how did you learn the language? And he said, I, I haven't learned the language. What are you talking about? She said, well, you're speaking it in perfect dialect. And so what, what, what he said, he kind of started to understand. He said, well, actually, I'm not doing this. What you're hearing is a gift that God's given for the, a sign to people who don't believe. So he said, do you know Jesus? And she said, well, no. She said, and that's the weird thing, is what you're saying. And so he told, she told him what he was saying in her language. And now, I'm not going to get it, like, perfectly, because I'm going from memory right now, but essentially was, what you're hearing today is a message of my grace. I love you. What this man's telling you is truth. You need to know me. And so she listened to that, and so she, she gave her heart to Jesus, and she, ta- she said, I had heard the gospel presented before, but never like that. And she said, from that point forward, I knew Jesus Christ. Church, that is tongues that is a sign for unbelievers. Amen? Give God some glory. I hear someone come clapping there. That's pretty cool. That's what's called. And, and this is what they probably experienced in Acts chapter 2, verse 8. 
Now, I wasn't there, and neither were you, but we can go off of what the Word tells us about this. And so, Acts 2.8, these people were untrained, they were unlearned, they were just simple people who, who were, were speaking about God in the native languages of the people who were listening. They're saying, these guys are talking about God to us. How do they do this? They don't know our language. But what they were experiencing was, was tongues as a sign to, for unbelievers. Paul talks about this in verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 22 of, of chapter 14. He says, therefore tongues are for a sign. There we go, pretty obvious there. Not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place, and all speak in tongues, and there come in those who were uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say you are out of your mind? So, so hold on there for a minute today, because it's clear that at times tongue is for unbelievers, and so what Paul here says is exactly that. But then he says a person comes in, hears you talking about these things, and doesn't understand what you're doing, he's going to think you're out of your mind. But I thought tongues was for a sign to unbelievers. You see, you understand here what's going on. You have to understand that there are different types of tongues that Paul talks about here. And if you don't understand that, you'll think Paul contradicted himself. Now, I'll tell you here that what's happened in, in history is actually people have used these three chapters of the Bible to discredit the Bible. They will, they will say Paul is contradicting himself right here. He's saying tongues is this and tongues is that. And so they'll say, well, man, the Bible is not accurate because this is the reason. But what they failed to understand is what Paul was trying to help them to get here. These people knew tongues. These people spoke in it. They prophesied in it. It was part of their life and their DNA. It started in the book of Acts and continued forward. Paul is helping them to bring order and bring, 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 bring unity to the chaos that was ensuing in that place at the time. The first ones were a sign, but then there's tongues for a different purpose. Number two, a tool God uses to edify. Now, this is... This is tongues given for interpretation. Now, not translation, but interpretation. That's important. This is why sometimes you can hear someone give a message in tongues, and it's way longer than the tongues are way shorter. Well, it's because it's not a word-for-word translation. It is an interpretation, as the word says right here. Now, I remember a time in my life when I saw this happen as well. I was in a mission trip in Africa. I mean, sorry, in, in Russia. Went to Africa in a few weeks. It's on my mind right now, but... Uh, a, a trip to, to Russia. It was my first ever missions trip I'd ever led in my life. I was a young punk. It was awesome, but it was crazy. And, and God ministered and worked in this one town in incredible ways. I don't have time to get into the details of that today, but we're in this town where basically the pastor is running from God. He has had a call in his life, and God gave it to him, was very clear, and he was running from it. And so this pastor did not want my team there. And he worked to make our lives as miserable as possible. And he was doing a pretty good job of it. And so he showed up to this town one day, and he, I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, just nothing. He said, you can come to church tonight, and that's about it. It was a Wednesday night, and he's just come to church. That's what he did. We showed up at church that night, and he came up to me and said, are you ready to preach? And I said, you told me not, not, you didn't want me to preach. He said, are you a pastor? 
And I said, well, yeah, he, he was, are you ready in season and out of season? I said, yeah. He goes, you're preaching tonight. And he smiled at me with this, like, awful smile. I was like, you dirty dog. Okay, fine. So I had five minutes to prepare, and it was the worst message I've ever preached. Well, number two, my first one was the worst one. This one was number two in my life. It was an awful message. So what happened cannot be described as what I did because it was not great. And so I preached this message. I wanted to get out of there so badly that I could hardly believe it. And I finished preaching, and I heard God say, Steve, stop, wait on me. I'm not done here yet. And I said, Lord, this better be good because I want out of here. No, I, I just sat there, and I said, okay, Lord, we'll wait. And it felt like, like two hours, but it actually was about probably two minutes or five minutes or whatever. And all of a sudden, this little short Russian lady stands up in the back right there, stands up, and she begins to speak in Russian. Now, I don't know Russian. And so she's talking, she's saying, I'm not sure what she's saying, but she's saying something. And then she changes from Russian to a tongue that I heard, had heard before. It was a similar, similar to other tongues I've heard in America. So I knew, wow, she is, she is praying in tongues. And then she sits down and a person gets up and begins to interpret. And my, my, my Russian English interpreter said, Steve, you've got to hear what's happening right now. Because I had no idea. I'm just standing there watching this happen. He says, so that lady began to pray for you. And she said, she said this, she said, Lord, I pray you would give this man the spiritual right to minister in this place. Give this man the right to minister as, as you've called him to minister. And then she gave him message in tongues. And the interpretation of that message was, church, get ready. What God has for us is bigger than we have ever could have imagined on this, pl this, this place tonight. And when that person sat down, uh, God spoke to me and said, Steve, what I want you to do is I want you to have the Russian church pray for your, your team. Now what normally happens in those things is you go in as an American and you minister to them. And so I was like, well, we're not doing that very good right now. So you pray for us. And what, what the pastors later said is, was that was what began to change his heart towards who we are as a team. And they prayed for us. And I had young people who got healed. I had a young person who had a bad leg who got healed of their bad leg. They were, they were walking around on a, with a crutch and, 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 a, and, a, and, a, and a, a knee brace, and they, God healed that person instantly. The brace came off. The kid walked around fine for the rest of the week. God called kids into ministry. God did some incredible things in our team in that moment. And then God said, when it's done, okay, now it's your turn. We, we in turn prayed for those Russians, and what God did for the next four or five hours, I'm not making that up, it was a long, long night, is nothing short of miraculous. One of the coolest things God did was minister in this pastor. This pastor, God turned his heart around. Do you think I knew that? Do you think I knew what was going on? Of course not. I had no idea. But that's the beauty of the gift of the Spirit. Amen? That's what God does in our lives. See, check out chapter 14, verse 5. It says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. But even more than that, that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless, everyone say unless, unless he interprets that the church may receive what? Edification. Skip down to verse 12. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be that for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, now everyone say therefore, therefore, now the rule of therefore is we have to ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, therefore is therefore us to understand that there is 
And he said, it ties what was before and what's here. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray he may interpret. Why do tongues? Well, because that person would want to edify the church. Now, why didn't Paul say in verse 22 that tongues were a sign for unbelievers? And then that there is this language, why did Paul talk like this? What would the point be to the interpretation of a language that was meant, meant to be a sign to unbelievers for the church unless it was given as a tongue for public ministry or edification? There's two kinds of tongues in public ministry. See, you had a note here this morning that there's a very specific purpose for this to happen. Purpose, of course, is edification, right? Now you're like, what in the world is edification? That doesn't mean anything to me. Well, no one talks like that anymore, but this word edification in Greek is, is actually a very wonderful word. It's the word for building up a structure in your, uh, of a home. So that's the idea of what this is called to. You are called to use this gift, if you have it, for the edification of the church, for the building up of the church. Now, there's been all kinds of weirdness when it comes to this stuff in the Pentecostal church, right? You probably, some of you guys maybe have had that happen before. I had a person years back come into my office. He was, I didn't know who the guy was. He's some dude, I don't know. Comes buzzing into my office one day, starts yelling in tongues at me, and then has the interpretation. And it was a, it was a tirade of things that he said, well, God told me this. It was awful, and it was terrible. And I said, thank you, but no thank you. That's not from God. How do I know? Because the word says that when tongues is given to the church, there will always be one reason for the edification, the building up of the church. Church, you don't get to, be, get, to get weird about this, right? The Bible is how this is to work. Amen? See, that's what the call behind this is. There's two kinds. There is, there is public ministry for uh, there is the, the tongue is a sign for unbelievers, and then there's the one that God uses to edify. Now, if this is your gift, if God's given this to you, you need to use extreme caution in how you use this gift. Amen? It's, it's a good gift. It's a wonderful thing, but it's a thing that God is, if God's given it to you, you can't come into this gift saying, well, I have a, an axe to grind. Because if you do, keep your mouth closed. Right? I have this thing I want people to hear. They keep your mouth closed. That's not the point of this gift. Paul is clear on what this is. And then we continue on here, though, that there's a second function of tongues, and that one is of private ministry. This is tongues as a prayer language. And this is different from the gift of tongues for public ministry. Listen to verse 2 of chapter 14. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, I want you to read that without any bias this morning, okay? Just read that for what it says. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in a spirit, he speaks mysteries. Well, well, what is that telling us this morning? What is that telling us about this this idea? If If you skip down to verse 14, it says, Paul says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding, now understanding can be translated 22 of 24 times. It's translated as mind. So you can say, my mind is unfruitful. My mind's not, doesn't, not sure what's going on. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit and I'll pray with understanding, he says. He says, 
I will sing with the Spirit and I'll sing with understanding. I will do both of these two things. He says in verse 18, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Verse 3, 9, he says, do not forbid anyone to speak in tongues. I want to play lawyer here this morning because if tongues is only for public ministry or if it's only a thing that's passed by, it's no longer valid or no longer good, then why would Paul say he who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God? But, but wait, didn't Paul say earlier that, that tongues was a sign for unbelievers to be interpreted for the edification of the church? So what's going on here? Well, again, Paul is, is walking through the different types of tongues that we have available to us today. If I pray in tongue, my, my spirit prays, but there's no understanding. But it's a sign for unbelievers or edification for the church. Then why would Paul say this? If I pray with the, the spirit, I understand. Why would he say both these two things? You see, it's confusing unless you understand there are different types of tongues that God's given us as a church. As the band comes forward this, forward this, this morning, we're going to close here in a moment. What Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is that he identifies private ministry tongues as a language of prayer. Now, few people have this the gift of public ministry in tongues, but I believe that this is that, that, that tongues for, as a prayer language is available to every person. And it's a wonderful thing. If you would this morning, across this room, if you'd stand with me today, and I know I'm doing this a little bit differently today. I'm waiting, not waiting for the band. I, I want you to stand today, but I want you to stand, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to hear this, this verse this morning read. Luke chapter 11, verse 9, it says, And I tell you, ask, you'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, seeks, or asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds, and those who knock, will be opened unto them. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, would instead of a fish give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's the beauty of the, of, of the gift of the Spirit. That God pours this out on those who ask for Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. It says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. People see this as a knock on tongues, right? This is not a knock on tongues. What Paul here tells us is that, that this, he, he tells us here, he speaks in a tongue, edifies himself. Why is that bad? Why is it a bad thing for us to speak in a tongue, to build ourselves up and to edify ourselves. You see, actually, it's not only a good thing, it's a command elsewhere in the word. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build yourself up? Well, you pray in the Spirit. How do you pray in the Spirit? According to verses 14 and 15, by praying in tongues. Again, heads about eyes closed this morning. The band plays today. I, I can't tell you how many times I found myself in a tough spot in my, in my spiritual journey. I can't tell you how many times that this, this passage has not only been just a thing that the Bible talks about, but it's been my lifeline to life. That even this week has been, this has been a difficult few weeks for me. I don't go into detail on that, but it's just been there's been a lot going on in my life. 
And I found myself from time and time again, I made a go into my prayer closet and close the door and just pray in tongues. And I will tell you when I come out of that, that prayer closet, God has changed me and God has remade my mind and my heart. And, that, and what has happened is nothing short of, of being edified or being built up in my faith. And I will tell you, all I did was pray in tongues and allow God to minister in my life and my spirit and my heart. And I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a type A talking, busy person. And sometimes what I need from the Holy Spirit is to quiet my spirit and let the Spirit pray for me, pray through me. And that's what happens. That's why this is a gift that God has given us. It's a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a good thing this morning. The question might be, well, can anyone do this? Well, every time in the book of Acts when people spoke in tongues, it's inferred that every believer there prayed in tongues. Paul says, now, Paul says this, and I believe that Paul believed this, but I also think that Paul wrote this under the influence of the Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he says, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. It's not a matter of must, though. It's a matter of may. My question once more for you this morning is this. Do you want all that God has for you? If the answer to that is yes, then I would encourage you to do what Jesus talked about in Luke and say, would you ask the Father for the gift of the Spirit? Would you raise your hands across this room this morning? Now, I don't know where you are with Jesus, and I know today that I did a, a, a more of a teaching time, and maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus, and you're like, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, keep coming back because I don't normally do this. I think it's important for us as a church to understand these things. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your, your Savior in your life, man, I am so glad that you're here. The Bible teaches us that God's more than an idea. God is present. God is with us. And he, that, that happens through the Holy Spirit. And He is here this morning and He is drawing you in. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I'm not going to make you stand up or stand out, whatever else. But if that's you today, we're all going to pray this, this morning together. But if that's you, I want you to pray especially this prayer with me today. Not magical. It's not, this is just, this is an example of how to pray. So if you want Jesus in your heart right now, I would encourage you to pray with me. Say, pray, Lord Jesus, I love you. And I don't know you yet, but I'm about to. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my future. I'm sorry for all that I've done. Forgive me. Wash me. Make me brand new, Lord Jesus. From this point forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God, give God some glory this morning for those who came to Jesus. But again, I ask you the question once more this morning. Do you want everything that God has for you? Heads bowed, eyes closed, hands raised. Let's just, this, this, this be a chance, a, a time, a moment today when we let God minister in, in our lives and in our church. Do you want all that God has for you this morning? 
is I believe that if you allow God to do this, to allow God to minister in your life, He will come alive before you because the Spirit will be working not just in you, but working through you and out of you. It's a wonderful thing this morning. So if that's you today, I want you to raise your hand, raise your heart. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask the band this morning just to, be, just, to, just to lead us in worship. And we're going to take some time this morning to just worship Jesus and allow Him to work and allow Him to minister in our hearts today. Jesus, we want all that you have for us. And I pray across this room this morning that, God, you would not just be here, but, Lord, you would baptize people in your spirit. Not a weird thing. It's not a bizarre thing, Lord. It's just a thing that you talk about in your word. And, Lord, if you have it, if it's there for us, we want it, Lord Jesus. So minister, I pray. Jesus, mighty name.